Welcome to the Failing Up Podcast, where we dive into critical questions facing high-performance millennials and how they use confidence, fearlessness, inspiration, and positivity to improve themselves every day in order to achieve their full potential in life. Please welcome your host today, unofficial Guinness World Record holder for the fastest marathon on crutches, graduate of William & Mary, world traveler to 36 countries, and author of the new book, Failing Freely Without Crutches, Brandon LaBella. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Failing Up podcast. I'm super excited to welcome today Ava Wetrick, and she is a 17-year-old just life liver who's very passionate about what she does and helping and inspiring the world. And she's the host of the Mentor Z podcast, which has had Tom Bilau, Tom Bilau JT McCormack, uh, Joshua Metcalf, Mike Smith, Steve Sims. So she is creating the next generation of amazing people to live a healthier and happier society. So welcome so much, Ava. And why don't you introduce yourself with the story where you've failed up and how that's impacted to where you are today. Um, and where you are today is absolutely amazing because you have inspired me already with our conversation and your vulnerability and your awareness and your perspective. So how did you get to this place? How did I get to this? You know, I think the first feeling up that I had was not being just being mad at my dad for a while because I mean for people who know my dad he's a pretty cool guy that's all I'm gonna say but my dad at first he grew into the person he is today and, and so did I so for the first time he tried to introduce you, you get a twitter read these books listen to these podcasts watch these videos you better do it and I didn't want to because he was my dad and that was kind of my only you can't tell me or like this is dumb because you wanted me to in all it was really great advice so that was my first fail of never paying attention to these things not wanting to be interested in it but I still had this built-up angst almost over it because I didn't know what I wanted to do I kind of wanted to be really I wanted to be a cool kid not gonna lie but I didn't know how to go about that so Finally, my dad, Borderland, forces me to read a chapter or at least even like a passage of The 4-Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. And I, and I think ever ever since that moment, I've kind of, you know, I grew this interest. I was like, okay, this is, this is cool stuff. Uh, And then on my own, on secret, you know, I would just read these books or listen to these podcasts because I, I didn't want dad to know that I was doing the things he wanted me to. <laughs> but in the background, I would, you know, I'd intake a lot of this knowledge. Um, and that's kind of how I started to build myself up. So, I mean, that'd be my first fail, but then also learning from my failure of not paying attention or not listening to someone that knows what they're doing. That'd be my first fail. It's fascinating. And it's so crazy. So what was it about that passage from, the, I mean, I listened to a lot of Tim Ferriss. I love Tim Ferriss, read all of his books, Tools of Titans. Um, tribe of mentors, but what was it about that passage that was like, all right, well, like, I don't, I'm not going to listen to my dad, but I'm going to do this and I'm going to read this and, and actually like just gain a lot of direct wisdom. Can I be honest? Sure. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even remember. I just know, I think it was from either chapter one or chapter four, just those the numbers that pop up into my head, but it was just something about that passage that you know, drove me to like, oh my gosh. And in the same exact thing happened when I read the last page of Mike Smith's book, uh, Likes, Legacy versus Likes. Um, 
he, I don't, cause again, I don't even remember what happened on that last page, but I, like, just like you, I was outside, I was reading the book. I was in my little Zen circle. Um, it's, it's in the middle of a roundabout and I, you know, I read this last passage and this huge epiphany hit me and I was like, oh my goodness, I can do it. You know, cause at first I had the idea for, for a podcast, but I didn't implement any of it because, you know, again, there's a little bit of fear there and I didn't know how to do anything. So it was a little bit of excuse making too. But after that epiphany, I was like, oh my gosh, I can do this thing and it can be great. It can be something. And, and you know, and again, to this day, I, I mean, I could check right now, but I have no idea what that page said. All I know is that it just hit me like a ton of bricks that I could do something. And I feel like kids need that too, that, you know, they can do something because it's never, I mean, I say this not all the time, but it's never just the, I can do something. It's always like, you know, you can, you can have purpose. You can have meaning. You can be something bigger than yourself. Just try, you know? Oh, it's, it's fascinating. And it doesn't really matter what that passage was for you. I think it was that, that feeling and that epiphany that it created and whatever book that is for whoever the listener is, I mean, you can start your journey to a meaningful and fulfilling and balanced life. You don't need to travel the world to find that out. You don't need to do anything like crazy. You can literally just sit in your Zen moment and, and, and read a book. Um, I guess that feeling of just that you can do it. Um, how would you describe like what it means to be socially cool now or what it means to be that cool kid? Because obviously you got hooked and like, like what is that feeling like and, and how can you kind of, share that with the listeners to make them want to kind of feel they can do it and go after and shed these layers of fears off. Not a cool kid. <laughs> You're not a cool kid because when you start to get into this, you start getting into this grind, right? And, and you, you're going to, you're going to put in the hours and you're going to stay home when everyone else is having fun and it's going to suck a little bit, but it's okay because honestly you're doing something bigger than yourself. And I feel like any kid would just just genuinely want to reach out to these things because again you're not living for yourself anymore you're living for a bigger purpose and you're living to have meaning and fulfillment which a lot of kids don't have which i feel like lead can definitely lead in avenues like depression and anxiety because i mean you don't you're worried and you're scared and you know you're sad because you're i mean it's just a lot of consuming of the self you know, and you're not giving things, you're not doing things, you're not creating things, which is a, one of the best ways to build confidence. So if like my, my biggest way of getting kids to go out and do these things is just by giving them the, the idea that you know, it's not because you're young, it's not because you're stupid, it's because it, it's because you have human potential. Everyone is born with a God-given skill set, you know, of things to do. Because again, sometimes you run into issues of, you know, like, well, I'm passionate about uh, like basketball, and they try their hardest, and they and they try to play basketball, but they can never they can never really make the team. Um, you know, sometimes like that, you know, that's just not your skill set. But you know, you're really good at this other thing. Just do this other thing, um, and, and you can make it. So. Again, it's finding what you love, but it's definitely also finding who you are. And it can, and it has the potential of answering a lot of life's questions for some people, or at least questions about themselves um, that you can definitely dive into. I mean, being, I mean, if you find the right environment as well, like I've been blessed with the innovation class, which is full of kids who want to put in the grind, full of kids who bring you up in the world. Unfortunately, a lot of kids because you're doing something amazing and they're not, we'll try to bring you down. 
you know, they'll want to drag you back into the hole that they're in. And that's an awful thing. But in all honesty, it could, it could take you to bad places. It can, it can make you a little bit lonely. It can make you a little bit, you know, frustrated or upset because suddenly the friends that you thought you had weren't your friends because they don't care. And they're actually really mad at you for doing something great, like starting an own business or giving money away, or even simply volunteering. Some people get mad at because you're hurting their feelings. You're hurting their feelings because they're not doing anything and they're upset over it. You should do whatever you need to, because in all honesty, it benefits you and it benefits other people. So why not? And honestly, you're kind of a cool kid because, well, you did start a business at age like 15, 16, 17, 18. That's an amazing thing to do. Um, but, you know, the hardest part is for you and I, we're trying to market to self-aware kids. That's difficult. That's really tough. No offense. I'm 17. I'm really dumb. I don't know everything. But I do know that self-awareness is hard to develop and hard to make. Um, but as long, but when you start to realize what you like, when you start to realize that you don't know um, and you don't have it figured out and you don't know who you are, entrepreneurship is a great avenue to start to dig into yourself and dig into what you love and find an avenue for that and try to build yourself up. Yeah, I mean, there's so many thoughts um, running through my mind. I'll try to kind of go through them. I think one thing that's fascinating is like progress and the fact that like from your self-awareness, like from that moment that you've had those epiphanies reading those books, like how have you been able to gain your self-awareness metrics that you're like constantly improving and constantly gaining more perspective? Because I think a lot of people want to be self-aware, but they don't know what that looks like or how to even gauge if they're self-aware. And I don't know if that's meaning they can have a genuine conversation with me or you. So that was one thought. I think the second thought is like an entrepreneur, like whether you go to the entrepreneurship club at a college or whether you're in high school and there's an innovation lab going on. I think that that is being an entrepreneur in your life is the most grateful thing because you don't need to, you can still work a nine to five and you can still live a life that you love being around the right people, but you need to be in that right environment to figure out who you are and how to unlock that passion, how to unlock that why. And if you don't have that why, then what is the point of you waking up every single morning? And like, I mean, you may go through the motions. I think that that is, for me, the difference between living and being alive is having a why. Because if you wake up every day and you go after something that you feel alive with, even if you have to put in that, that work when everyone else is partying or whatever it is, it's going to make it worth it in the end. And it's going to give you hope there's something to look forward to and to keep moving forward. But other people, if they don't have a why, they're just living because there's nothing that's going to truly make them happy and to have a passion. So I don't know if you want to comment on any of those um, but. Yeah. Uh, the first things first, as in the second thing you said, um, you know, your environment is you. Again, I, I mean, that's me being a little like, I, I feel like a little mean saying that because I've been blessed with the innovation class, but in all honesty, it has to come from you. It absolutely has to come from you because again, it, it, you could lean on it as an excuse otherwise. Like, oh, I don't have the support or, oh, you know, this isn't just the right environment for me. I'm a high school student or I'm a middle school student and, you know, I'm just doing my high school, middle school thing. That's an excuse. You know, if, if, you, if you have this internal motivation to do something, you'll do it. Um, and that's something that is, again, difficult to foster. I have trouble fostering it and developing it and growing it, but it's something that needs to be done. Otherwise, if you lean and rely on an environment, other people to take care of it for you, you won't be successful as the guy who's super gritty and will do anything that it takes to get things done. Um, 
And then the first thing you talked about was self-awareness. And I've always been like that. <laughs> like, uh, you know, even in like fifth grade, I would go into these existential, existential highs. Like I would leave my, like, I could willingly make myself leave my body. I could willingly like shut things down and, and just experience and go in this crazy brain induced high in, 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 as a fifth grader. So that's like 11 or 10 years old. So honestly, I don't really know how I became so socially and self, you know, self adept to myself, but I think for other people, it could just simply start as understanding your emotional intelligence, understanding what you're thinking and why. And again, that is tough for some people. Like you have to just keep digging deeper into, and of course you're not gonna like them sometimes, but you have to do it because it reveals things about yourself. So, you know, you have these blankets of words like happy, sad, angry, but you're not really happy, sad, or angry. You're really, if you dive into the roots of things, you could be like, well, I'm, you know, I'm mad. I'm really mad at this one person. Why are you mad? Well, because, you know, because they stabbed me in the back. Well, you know, like, why, why are you mad at them stabbing you? Well, because well, they're my friend. Are you really mad? Are you upset? I think I'm upset. It hurts me. It makes me, I mean, that, that was my friend. I, so you feel like you lost trust. You feel like that person doesn't care about you anymore. You, you, that person's hurt you. And that makes you, you know, that, you know, that breaks your heart. You're right. It does. I feel heartbroken. I'm not angry. You know, it's things like that that you have that will make you understand yourself better. And some things that people don't like is like, you know, why are you mad at that girl for looking, for looking really pretty? I just don't like how she looks. Are you sure? Is that really it? Well, I don't. And then you end up getting to this point of, I don't really like how I look. I don't like, I don't like myself. So I'm kind of mad at her or I'm actually jealous and, you know, I'm really upset I'm jealous of her because she has, I think, I think she has a better life and I'm just judging myself and I'm hurting myself and bringing myself down. It's never anger, you know, and it's never jealousy. It's just you being upset. You have to, you you have to come down to these roots of the things to really understand yourself. And when you gain a great grasp of who you are as a person, I think you can stem from a lot of areas because then you start reflecting on yourself and going, why did I act like that? Why did I do this and not that? You know, um, you know, future plans, what should I do in the future? You know, if other scenarios like this pop up, you will become such a better functioning human and empathetic person. A lot of people don't think about other people. If you, if you, when you have a good foundation of yourself, ironically, you'll start thinking more about other people and how what you say affects them. For good, for better, or for worse. It's a great tactic for manipulation, but I won't get into that. We're trying to stay positive here. So I, I, this is all really, really beats to my ears, and I love this. And I think, first of all, right off the bat, I see something that about you already, and how you address yourself and how you speak. You speak very, very confidently within this belief in yourself, which I think is something that is so lacking in this world. So I want to first of all just respect and admire that. And I guess the question becomes for someone who is looking at you and being like, wow, this girl gets it. She has this amazing life. She's inspiring all these people. What is it about you that, um, that it might, could be a blind spot or that could be something that you're trying to work on or something that someone who is high, a high performer and is living this free life of the grind, I guess. What, what is it for you that is something that you worry about or what are some of the blind spots if you do 
choose to take this meaningful and responsible life to be empathetic for other people that could come up as something that you struggle with when they do commit to this life um, for someone at your age? Oh, yeah. You know, there's a lot of things that come to mind because, and this can apply to a lot of people in a lot of different areas. And for the most part, you see what I do is who I am. It's a big one. I mean, because again, I could easily, you know, and I fall into this trap too. You think that what you do is who you are, and that's an awful thing. So uh, I, I, one of the sports I, what, one of the sports I do is swim. I swim, and some kids really beat themselves up and get them and get down on themselves because they didn't make the time that they wanted to. And inherently, they think I didn't get that time. I didn't work hard enough. I'm a bad person. You're never a bad person for that. You know, or in the case of entrepreneurship, me doing this podcast, I messed up on this podcast. I didn't post this podcast. I didn't edit correctly. I messed up. I didn't do good enough. I'm a horrible person. It's never that. It's never, never that. You know, so as an entrepreneur, you should never get, you should never identify who you are as what you do. It'll just, it'll just weigh you down and get you down. Because again, in a really morbid picture, you know, if I, you know, if the devil came down and like, took it took all your talents away you know like not talents but like took all of your limbs away so you couldn't swim or like took away your like hands so you couldn't type on a keyboard you, you who would you be who would you be if you know if i stripped every sense from an artist would he be an artist anymore no he'd be who he is well then who is he you have to come back down to who you are and you're not a, you know you're not a sportsman you're not an athlete you're not you know you're not an entrepreneur, you're who you are. Who are you? You you have to have a good foundation of those things. And another thing, it gets lonely. And, you know, I, you know, I hate to say it, it's lonely at the top, because it is. It, it's lonely. And, and I, you know, I hate to break it to some kids, but like, especially if you're a kid, you know, you're going to be doing some cool, crazy, cool stuff that other kids aren't going to be doing. So they might shun you. They might make fun of you. You know, you might lose some friends because now you're thinking differently and now you get it and they don't. And that's a problem. But honestly, you know, that can be countered by, by, you know, making friends in the right areas and having real support from loved ones, you know, um, getting it anywhere you can. That's another problem you run into. And, you know, for, you know, me, I run into a lot of issues. I self-doubt kills you self you know comparing yourself to other people destroys who you are destroys all joy you have in any work that you do you know you have to avoid especially in different like i want to say denominations of work you know i do a podcast and as 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 technical or techie as you think it is it's not it's communication it's human. Um, I'm not, I'm not a coder. I compare my, I mean, I have a friend I love him to death, but I compare myself to him a lot. Uh, you know, you can't compare yourself to these things. You have to really focus and steady yourself on yourself and go, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And that's okay. And I'm going to keep pursuing. Um, you just have to fall in love. I think with the process of what you do, and you have to fall in love with at least who you are, um, to start these journeys. Yeah, no, that's, that's like really, really powerful stuff. And the loneliness is just so real and true. And I think that like, I asked about like metrics for like progress on your own journey of being self-aware. And I think that the lonelier you get is probably metrics that you're doing really good. And you're actually progressing with your self-awareness. Because once you do identify who you are and who your authentic self is, then you're going to, there's gonna be less and less people who actually 
are being their authentic selves because everyone in society is trying to be someone who they're not and trying to be somebody else because everyone is trying to drive you into that direction. So I think that's a really good way to kind of utilize if you are improving as if like you get lonely or it's harder to find people who can be you. I guess the question would be, how do you define who are you and what it means to be your authentic self? And then how do you kind of, based on that definition, look at role models and make sure that you're trying to be, you to, like, how do you look at role models in terms of not becoming them, but helping and, 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 and understanding their experiences to become more like yourself and refine that? Mm. How do you be yourself? That is, that is a, that is a tough question because in all honesty, I don't even know. <laughs> I mean, you know, because you're always changing and you're always developing and in the, I mean, in the Buddhist-esque mindset or the Buddhist philosophy, you're, you are your conscious, you're your emotions, you're your actions, you're, you know, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're the mentality. Those things are always shifting and changing. So, and honestly, like I can never be exactly once you can never like one exact set entity, but you, you know, I totally get it. You want to be yourself. And I think that there's a balance between being yourself and being like others. I mean, should I follow in the footsteps of this person? Yeah, they're doing something really cool. And I want to learn from them. I want to gain their experience. Again, you got to tweak it and do it your way. And then again, it comes down to finding, you know, your way. And, and, you know, finding your way, I think, just takes time. What do you like? What do you don't like? You know, what what are you really good at? What are you not so good at? Um, that can really help define who you are and the way you like to do things. Because again, I know, you know, I, I come in contact with a lot of people. Some are more brash than others. Some like to, some like to start a fight. Some like to debate. Some like to be loud. Some like to be quiet. Um, it, it all comes down to like really core, almost borderline cliche parts of your personality that really can help mold you to become who you are, not someone else. Because again, if you look at me and you look at my dad, for example, we're very similar people, you know, borderline so it's scary, <laughs> but I still try my best to define that's him and this is me. And I just have to tweak things and go things, go about things a little bit differently or catch myself in the moment being like, this is something very Don Watcher-esque, <laughs> not Ava. Let's try to be more Ava. Um, it's things like that. But again, those are, I'm really, I'm really impressed with your questions. These are very in-depth, deep questions. They're so, so amazing, you know, to ask, but a lot of things you gotta, ooh, you gotta dig down and discover for yourself. Yeah. I think it comes down to like being like a process, right? It's like accepting where we are today and how far we've come on our own journey. Yeah. I think it becomes more of like a process of becoming the best version of yourself with who you are today and understanding that you are the best version. You can't change anything in the past, but like learn from it and embrace it and be grateful for who's been a part of your journey, like good or bad. Like there's always something to learn and grow from or enjoy. Yeah. But then as you move forward, you're constantly evolving. Like the self, you never be yourself. Tomorrow is going to be hopefully a better version of yourself, not like a, a worse version of yourself. But that's the way that I look at it. It's just a process of continuing to evolve. And I think that as we continue to surround ourselves with better people, who are inspiring and as we can better understand how to take the good parts out of them and utilize that to our advantage and not take the parts that are them and that are inauthentic to us, that's when we can really be the richest version of ourselves. 
So like for a lot of these guests that you have on your podcast, I mean, like what is one message that you kind of have to your listeners about, like, let's say Tom Billiall, right? And he's like, change the world, go after your dreams, like reach your full potential. Like what, what is something that maybe you've taken from Tom Billiall that has allowed you to move forward in your journey being yourself? And what is something that he preaches that you don't, I mean, you obviously listen to and respect, but that you don't physically like impart on yourself? Because I feel like your listeners could be trying to become like Tom Bilal, but what if Tom Bilal isn't who they truly are and isn't who they want to be and they're just becoming the best version of someone else? Mm. I think, well, what is it? You're asking what is advice that people take to heart that they shouldn't take to heart? What is it that you would love your listeners or just anyone who listens to your podcast with these like amazing role models for society? What is it that you would advise um, your listeners to make sure that they can grow and become a richer version of themselves rather than grow and become a richer version of someone else who they're not? Uh, okay, okay. I think I got the perfect example. Okay, so have you ever seen Kung Fu Panda 3? No, but keep going. In, in, in the third Kung Fu Panda movie, <clears throat> you know, you know, the first master was like, hey, you're going to be the new teacher. And Poe, the panda, he's like, I can't teach. I don't know. I don't understand. I don't know how to do this master Shifu. I don't understand. And, you know, I can't do this. He goes, yes, you can. Don't, don't worry about it. You can do it. So he hands down in a metaphorically this staff, the student becomes the master. And now Poe sets out on this journey basically to help these pandas defend their village from an evil guy. And what he does is he has to learn how to be a teacher. And he can't teach anyone Kung Fu. They're not Kung Fu fighters. Nope, none of the pandas are Kung Fu fighters. And he has to step back and he's like, oh, wait a minute. This is, this is bad. He's like, I, I can't train them how to fight. They're, they can't defend themselves. So what am I gonna do? You know, what am I gonna do? And he realizes you know, teachers have to teach you to be the best you can be. You can be. I can't teach you how to be the best Ava. I can only teach you how to be the best you. It's only the, only the way it works. So what Poe starts doing is he, like in one case, there was this panda that like did ribbon dancing, right? And what he did was, you know, he was like, you know, ribbon dance like this. So it was like a different style. And then it became like more of an aggressive ribbon dancing. And then she's like, you know, she's learning, she's growing. It's really cool. And he's like, okay, now use these. And he hands her nunchucks. And she's like, oh my gosh. And so she starts basically doing dances with nunchucks, which turns into her knowing how to use these weapons and fight and defend herself. Um, so I think, again, you're not going to be, you're not going to be Tom Bill you, you know, you're going to be you, you're not going to be Steve Smith, you're going to be you, you just have to take these messages and grow with them however you need to. Because again, I don't think anyone could like, in, in the case of like a, a singer, Katy Perry, you know, you can never like analyze the crap out of Katy Perry's life and go, how do I follow each exact step? Because that's not how it works. You're not going to follow each exact step of Katy Perry and then suddenly become her. You will very much be, you know, yourself because you'll have to develop your own process of, you know, getting a label record. You're going to have to do your own process of even singing and, and expressing yourself and writing your own music. You know, I think, I think honestly, it'd be very difficult for you to grow alongside someone and be exact 
exactly like them. Now, some of us can spit things out like robots, you know, I could, you know, I could talk to you all day about, you know, some of my guests, um, ideas and morals and things like that, because I find them true, but it's the way I utilize them and the way I put them into action that will make me me. You know, I'm not going to, you know, like Joshua Metcalf, I'm not going to sit in a, um, sit and work in a gym closet for a lot of months, you know, to understand things and to get a, to, and to start a company, I'm going to do it a different way. I can take his advice and, you know, his lessons and his messages, but I will, de- you know, you will, you will end up definitely having to shift and tweak it because you're not him. You can't do things exactly like him. You can do things that you, you can do things the way you can though. And again, sometimes it's a bad thing to follow on to because a lot of people are like, well, that's just not who I am. You know, you're, you're not as, you're not good right now, but you can become good. That's the first step you have to learn in the entrepreneurship realm is that you right now aren't that great, but you can become great. You can learn to become great. And if you, and you know, people be like, well, this is just who I am. And you're like, you are a very, very mean person. I hope this is not just who you are. You know, there's, there's always a way to grow yourself and be better. So never be like, you know, trying to, you, you can always stick to yourself, but understand and know that there's a great potential of growth. No, I, I love that. And, and going off the growth topic, um, for me, definitely progress and happiness, um, kind of correlate with each other when I'm growing and I'm becoming a better version of myself and seeing that progress, that's what makes me happy. Um, but I'm curious to hear how would you differentiate success and happiness and how has that come about in like how you currently feel right now? Do you feel successful? Do you feel happy? That is a very interesting thing to ask. Success and happiness, I feel can be the same thing, but I also feel like they can be different things because success can be defined however a person wants to find it. Some people say success, oh, it's getting a lot of money. Or success means like, I, I raised an amazing child. That's success. Or some people said, I live the most thrilling life ever. That's success. It it can be anything, you know, and, and whatever, basically success is whatever fulfills you and makes you, makes you feel, makes you feel alive and, and, you know, you know, alive and fulfilled, I guess, is the, is the two umbrella terms I can use for that. But happiness, happiness can also take its different routes. Happiness could either be um, happiness is very much an emotion. So it could be however you want to define it. There's some cultures that don't have sad. Do you know that? Like they're either, they either feel ill or they feel just, they just don't feel right. They, they don't have a word for sad. So for some people, people think happiness is this amazing high that you're on. Anything else is just not as good. And that's happiness to them. Some people think happiness is just this just wonderful, calm contentness. And that's happiness for them. I mean, I think happiness at its at its root and at its core can come down to gratitude, you know, can come down to waking up and going, Wow, I woke up. I got out of bed. I could get out of bed. I could walk. I'm in a house. It's air conditioned, <laughs> you know, things like that. Simple, simple, simple things like that that um can start to build up happiness now there's two there's even two types of happiness there's serotonin and there's dopamine and wow they are amazing 
dopamine kicks are basically the short-term happiness, this little high you get. It's basically what makes you addicted to like, uh, to gambling, for example. Um, you know, it's this, this little tick of like, oh, that made me feel good. When you get likes on Instagram, oh, that makes you feel good because it's dopamine. It's just instant gratification. That's what a lot of kids run on nowadays. But then there's serotonin, which is this beautiful, long-term, you're going to have to work for a type happiness that lasts. It's, what a, it's, it's a long-term relationship. It's a deeper sense of love. It's understanding someone. It's taking the time to build and mold and grow something like a business like a podcast, like a show, like a YouTube channel, like a child almost, you know, no. um, it's things, it's, it's things like that. So the difference, the biggest difference between success and happiness is that, you know, that there to me almost isn't, if I'm successful and I feel fulfilled, it, I'm happy. I'm so happy and content with that. But at the same, but at the same time, there is a duality. If I'm happy just because, um, I got so many listens on my, uh, on my, on my show, that's not happiness. That's just you feeling a little bit good because something happened. You know, it's not, it's not true happiness. But then again, you, you for yourself have to define what happiness is. And I hope that your audience doesn't define happiness as this high that they can almost never reach. That's the biggest problem nowadays. People say, well, how can I just be happy? How can I just be, you can be happy right now. You can I promise you, you can, you can find a way. There's always a way. Um, but happiness might, might not come in the form that you think it is. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think that for me, like I am the happiest that I've ever been um, in this moment right now because I've been able to, I am the happiest that I've been in this moment right now because I've been around such amazing people and I've figured out who my authentic self is. I guess going off of the gratitude point, which I really, really liked that you were talking about, how would you, like, do you, how do you accept gratitude? Like with, how, how do you give and accept gratitude and how do you receive for someone who's so aware and gives out all this inspiration and gives out all this kind of amazing vibe and, and positive energy to the world? How do you actually accept and receive and give gratitude? Um, so that you actually understand the happiness that comes out of it. Because I've been having trouble lately receiving gratitude and actually feeling that moment because there's just a lot of kind of things going around. So how do you accept gratitude and receive when we are so aware and we just want to give, give, give and inspire and help other people? That's, that's kind of a tough question because, but it's a great question to ask. You know, there's a lot of, especially, especially for us, you know, especially for girls is like, oh my gosh, you're so pretty. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, but your hair looks so nice. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. That girl's hair, she looks really pretty, you know, like, uh, or, you know, you're so, you're so intelligent. No, not really. I'm not. I'm really stupid. If you honestly get to know me, uh, a lot of people, a lot of people in general do that, but they don't receive compliments. They don't almost like they, you know, they reject them and they don't really want to feel good. And again, you think it's humility at first, but it's not really humility. Um, it's just, you, you, you feel like there's something wrong with wanting to accept praise. Um, you know, cause praise isn't a bad thing. You want to say, oh, you're doing some cool stuff. You're a cool kid. And you go, thank you. I try, <laughs> you know, 
but yeah, it comes down to amazing things like, you know, just having, just being open-minded and going, you know, I, I am, I am good. This is okay. Because for some people, even myself at some points, it's very hard to, to accept some of these things enough to really take really take some of that praise and some of that gratitude but in all honesty you really have to look at yourself and you really have to look at some of these things and go I'm okay and it's okay and it's and it's good and I'm good even though I don't think I'm the best right now they think I'm pretty good so let's look from their perspective and go wow I'm I'm an okay kid um but just be open to receiving gratitude just be open to thinking about um, getting up in the morning or being able to splash cold water on your face or being able to, I mean, or being able to ride the bus to school, things like that. And, and what, where have you received, had the biggest trouble receiving um, gratitude, like where you've had to accept it and had to appreciate it when maybe you didn't feel like you were inspiring or impacting someone? Oh, definitely when, um, Definitely when it comes to the the people around me. Definitely when it comes to, honestly, most people. And I'm not going to lie, you know, this, my advice is to be open to some of these things, but I won't lie. A lot of times I really have trouble with taking some of that gratitude, some of that praise. Some people going, wow, you're really, you know, you are doing great things. And I'm like, oh, not really. It, because like most people internally you feel like there's something wrong if you say i am pretty cool because it's not cocky it's not arrogant it's just taking the compliment but again you have to kind of detach yourself from yourself almost and realize it's okay it's okay to think that you're good you know so when people, when people say that like you know you run a great podcast or you're so you know you're so inspirational sometimes i have to take a step back and go it's okay you are it, you know, they, you know, they believe that take, take their word for it. I know you don't think you're great right now, but take their word for it and go, thank you. It's okay. Uh, no, <laughs> you know, it's, it's fascinating because like, I, I've been, I, like, I, like that was one of the big lessons of this weekend is like the fact that like, I guess, I guess I'm trying to just be like humble and not trying to like accept it or whatever it is, but it's like really, really difficult to like accept and like, and what I started realizing is that I started questioning, well, is this genuine? Is this authentic? Like, and what I giving like genuine or authentic, or I just want them to move forward on their journey and, and to be themselves or whatever it is. And I just realized that the more that you accept it, the greater that happiness becomes and the greater that you actually kind of can have that deeper emotional connection and bond, even if you're not even present in the room, because you can truly feel that energy from wherever that's coming from whether it's through Facebook Messenger or whatever it is. So that's something that I'm really working on and struggling with, but I'm getting a lot more aware and better of it. That was a blind spot before this weekend, and I'm glad we're able to discuss that. So Yeah, no, that's so awesome that you're realizing these things. It, and I guess the, 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 the last point, and first of all, I, just, I know you, you're, you're very busy and you have a lot of things going on, so I, I want to just get to the last question. But before I want to acknowledge you for what you have done, and this is coming from a genuine perspective, so I hope you can receive this connection via Zoom. Um, but I truly believe that what you're doing is having a much greater impact on the world than you can imagine in terms of the way that you act and the way that people look up to you, the way that you plant seeds on other people to move forward on their own journeys. 
Um, and I think that it's really amazing of how aware and how you, how far you've come on this journey so far. And I'm just really excited to see kind of where, where Ava is in a year, where Ava, wherever it is in five years, where Ava is in 10 years, because I think that it, it, it just, I'm just so excited to see where you progress forward on your journey. Um, and, and thank you. Thank you for doing that for the world and society um, because people need um, to be not like you, but people need to be, need to exude more of their own awareness of who they truly are um, and, and have that passion of feeling alive and have that deeper human connection. So thank you so much uh, for being here. No. And, and, and thank you for, thank you for telling me that. I mean, cause not going to lie. I view myself as just a kid who loves what she does. Um, um, because a lot of people don't really realize the full potential they have. And I think sometimes it takes other people realizing it for you. Um, so like, once again, like, thank you for, thank you thank for you. your all honesty. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm curious to where I'm going to be in a year or two or three. So we're going to, we're going to watch and wait together, I think. Yeah. And, and that's the beauty of it is we're like, there's no destination because destinations are, are very overrated. And, and once again, like that's not true happiness. True happiness is just enjoying and happily achieving um, every step of the journey and, and embracing the, the suck and the suffering and, and then the struggle um, and whatever kind of stage we are on, on our own progress of our own journeys. I'm just excited to see how they both come about. And I think that brings me to kind of a good kind of transition to the last question, which is coming from a 17 year old. So I'm 23. You're 17, um, which is unbelievable to me um, how aware you are. What is, let's say, what is one thing that you want society to know um, that may be a misimpression or kind of a judgment on um, the amazing people in Generation Z? Because I've literally spoken with so many of them, like some are creating apps to help food allergies. Like there's just so many amazing people um, in Generation Z and I feel like they got to get a bad rap. Um, so what would you kind of say, and you're already an example of kind of destroying that rep in terms of what you're able to, how you're able to present yourself and what you're able to knowledge you're able to share with the world, but what exactly would be the most frustrating judgment um, that gets put on your generation and how are you trying to fix it and can fix it? Oh gosh. So, I mean, the most frustrating thing is you guys don't do anything. You know, you sit on your butt. I, you know, you know what? You're right. You're right. You are right for a lot of reasons. I mean, I might go into this rant, but it, it, there's this huge dichotomy duality between Generation Z because on one hand, you have kids that are building apps, doing amazing things, having a podcast, you know, like they're doing great stuff. But on the other hand, you have kids who don't do anything and they don't get it. And you know, I can't blame them. I can't blame them because a lot of kids have been raised up with the idea of, you know, you're going to go to school, you're going to go to college, you're going to get a job, you're going to have a family, and then you're going to, you know, you're going to work and then you're going to retire and then you'll have money to do things you want to do, but then you can't really do them because you're old and you have, and it's just a mess. It's a mess that a lot of kids don't see coming because I'm not going to lie, school is a hassle. You know, having a, having a part-time job is a hassle. Having to deal with other kids is a hassle in, it, in itself. So, <laughs> my biggest advice would be just question things. 
just be curious for once in your life. Education doesn't have to be something bad. Education can be amazing as long as you let it be because there's a huge difference between school and, and, actually, and actually learning. There's a difference between education and actually doing something, you know? So just do something. Just go out there and try and, 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 and realize and, and go, you know, why are we doing these things? Why do we do what we do? Why do you do what you do? Why am I doing this? Why am I not doing this? You know, when you just start to question yourself and question the world around you and never take anything blindly, the world is, the world is your oyster almost. The world is your oyster. So, you know, you have, but then you have to do the hard things. And when I mean hard things, I mean the easy things. You have to do the easy things of getting off your phone. You have to do the easy thing of, of, you know, turning off the TV. You have to do the easy thing of stop going through social media and flipping through other people's pages. You're going to have to do the easy thing of actually watching an educational video, or you're going to have to do the easy things of listening to a podcast while you're doing something else, you know, <laughs> like there, there's, or you're going to have to do the easy thing of taking a walk, you know, with your cat. If you can put your cat on a leash, I don't, you know, I don't know. It's just doing these things that are easy, but they're easier not to do that you actually have to do. So that would be my biggest, my biggest thing to Generation Z. Oh, also, you think life is awful. You think life is awful. I understand that. I mean, I'm from Indiana. We have some pretty high, Indiana has some pretty high rates of, you know, depression, suicidal thoughts, actual suicide in our, in our you know, in our age group. Life doesn't have to be bad. Life doesn't have to suck. You know, you think life sucks because, well, for you right now, it does. All of your free time is spent on doing homework. All of your free time is spent mindlessly on your phone or watching Netflix for entertainment or just be, or just hanging around your friends, but they're not really your friends because we all know that you are on the phone with them most of the time or they're on the phone with you most of the time. So understanding that life can be so much more than it already is. You need to get a grasp of if you want to get out of these holes and again, I mean, again, specific cases are specific cases, but if you want to dig yourself out of bad ish, you know, bad things that you're in, just start doing something. And I don't mean like do something about it, like fix yourself. No, just, just, just go out and do something that you love or try to fix something that you hate or, or figure out, or, you know, try to figure out what you like or who you are or what you're good at, or what you really suck at and, and build those things, develop those things because you'll start to realize Life can be really fun. It could be amazing if you let it be. You know, not only not only can it be amazing, but it can be it can it can, you know you can make you can make so much you know money off of it. You can have fun and you can have friends that like to do the same things. But I think those are my two or three. I can't really count biggest messages I would have. No, I think that is like an amazing um, way to end this. Um, and I couldn't agree more like i've learned so much from you on this call and and just us talking um and it just goes to show is that that mindset of just i am curious to learn but i will never know anything everything but i will learn more and more every single day um is the best that we can do and i can learn from a seven-year-old a 60-year-old can learn from me i can learn from a 14-year-old the 10-year-old can learn from me Every single person on this journey of life that we meet and the positive vibrations of energy that we spread, we all have a purpose of being here. And it all comes down to the curiosity of, of, of 
searching for knowledge and learning and 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 then that that search for being who you finding out who you are and who your inner child is and what makes you happy what what gives you purpose and what makes you free so i couldn't agree more that just learning and being you um especially to the advice people who would maybe judge or characterize a 17 year old is just rather than judge why don't you learn from them learn something that i mean there's a lot to learn from you ava but in general learn anything um, about how they think about how to how to receive feedback or how to receive appreciation or gratitude. So that, that is the way that I look at things. And that's why I truly believe that education is um, the most important thing um, and the foundation of everything we do in life and not education of school or checking boxes, but the education of being who you are and the education of serving and, 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 and giving and allowing yourself to, be a responsible and meaningful member in society, Ava. So thank you so, so much for your time. Um, keep inspiring the world and, and moving forward on your own journey. And when you do get down and you do get into comparisons of other people and where they are and you, and you are at, just remember that you are better today than you were tomorrow because you are understanding who you are and you are learning every single day. So thank you so, so much. It's been a joy having, it's been a joy being on.